Clearshore presents What Your Startup Needs to Know About Regulated Markets by Steve Blank, October 9th, 2018 at steveblank.com. Often the opposite of disruption is the status quo. If you're a startup trying to disrupt an existing business, you need to read The Fixer by Bradley Tusk and Regulatory Hacking by Evan Burfield. These two books, one by the practitioner, the other by an investor, are must-reads. The Fixer is one-third autobiography, one-third case studies, and one-third a how-to manual. Regulatory Hacking is closer to a step-by-step textbook with case studies. Here's why you need to read them. One of the great things about teaching has been seeing the innovative, unique, groundbreaking, and sometimes simply crazy ideas of my students. They use the business model, or mission model, Canvas, to keep track of their key hypotheses and then rapidly test them by talking to customers and iterating their minimum viable products. This allows them to quickly find product market fit except when they're in a regulated market. All businesses have regulations to follow, paying taxes, incorporating the company, complying with financial reporting, and some have to ensure that there are no patents or blocking patents. But regulated markets are different. Regulated marketplaces are ones that have significant government regulation to promote, ostensibly, the public interest. In theory, Regulations exist to protect the public interest for the benefit of all citizens. A good example is the regulations the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, has in place for approving new drugs and medical devices. In a regulated market, the government controls how products and services are allowed to enter the market, what prices may be charged, what features the product and service may have, safety of the product, environmental regulations, labor laws, domestic foreign content, etc. In the U.S., regulation happens on three levels. Government laws that are applicable across the country are developed by federal government in Washington. State laws that are applicable in one state are imposed by state government. And local city and county laws come from local government. In the U.S., the national government has regulatory authority over interstate commerce, foreign trade, and other business activities of national scope and interest. Congress decides what things need to be regulated and passes laws that determine those regulations. Congress often does not include all the details needed to explain how an individual, business, state, or local government, or others might follow the law. In order to make the laws work on a day-to-day level, Congress authorizes certain government agencies to write the regulations which set the specific requirements about what is legal and what isn't. The regulatory agencies then oversee these requirements. In the U.S., startups might run into an alphabet soup of federal regulatory agencies. For example, ATF, CFPD, DEA, EPA, FAA, FCC, FDA, FDIC, FERC, FTC, OCC, OSHA, SEC. These agencies exist because Congress passed laws. In addition to federal laws, each state has its own regulatory environment that applies to businesses operating within the state in areas such as land use, zoning, motor vehicles, state banking, building codes, public utilities, drug laws, etc. Finally, local municipalities, cities and counties 
may have local laws and regulatory agencies or departments like taxi commissions, zoning laws, public safety, permitting, building codes, sanitation, drug laws, etc. Startup battles with regulatory agencies like Uber with local taxi licensing laws, Airbnb with local zoning laws, and Tesla with state dealership licensing are legendary. Each of these is an example of a startup disrupting regulated markets. There's nothing magical about dealing with regulated markets. However, every regulated market has its own rules, dynamics, language, players, politics, etc., and they are all very different from the business-to-consumer or business-to-business markets most founders and their investors are familiar with. How do you know you're in a regulated market? <laughs> it's simple. Ask yourself two questions. Can I do anything I want, or are there laws and regulations that might stop me or slow me down? Are there incumbents who will view us as a threat to the status quo? Can they use laws and regulations to impede our growth? The best way to start is by drawing a business model canvas. In the customer segments box, you're going to discover that there are maybe five, ten, or more different players. Users, beneficiaries, stakeholders, payers, saboteur, rent seeker, influencers, bureaucrats, politician, regulators. As you get out of the building and start talking to people, you'll discover more and more players. Instead of lumping them together, each of these users, beneficiaries, stakeholders, payers, saboteur, rent seekers, etc., require a separate value proposition canvas. This is where you start figuring out not only their plans, gains, and jobs to be done, but what products and services solve those pains and gains. When you do that, you'll discover that the interests of your products and user versus a regulator versus an advocacy group, key opinion leaders, or a politician are radically different. For you to succeed, you need to understand them all. One of the critical things to understand is how the regulatory process works. For example, do you just fill out an online form and pay a $50 fee with your credit card and get a permit? Or do you need to spend millions of dollars and years running clinical trials to get FDA clearance and approval? And are these approvals good in every state? In every country? What do you need to do to sell worldwide? One of the unique things about entering a regulated market is that the incumbents have gotten there first and have gamed the system in their favor. Rent seekers are individuals or organizations with successful existing business models who look to the government and regulators as their first line of defense against innovative competition. They use government regulation and lawsuits to keep out new entrants that might threaten their business models. They use every argument from public safety to lack of quality or loss of jobs to lobby against the new entrants. Rent seekers spend money to increase their share of an existing market instead of creating new products or markets by creating nothing of value. These barriers to new innovative startups are called economic rent. Examples of economic rent include state automobile franchise laws, taxi medallion laws, limits on charter schools, cable company monopolies, patent trolls, bribery of government officials, corruption, and regulatory capture. Rent-seeking lobbyists go directly to legislative bodies, Congress, state legislatures, city councils, 
to persuade government officials to enact laws and regulations in exchange for campaign contributions, appeasing influential voting blocs or future jobs in the regulated industry. They also use the courts to tie up and exhaust a startup's limited financial resources. Lobbyists also work through regulatory bodies like the FCC, SEC, FTC, public utility, taxi or insurance commissions, school boards, etc. Although most regulatory bodies are initially created to protect the public's health and safety, or to provide an equal playing field, over time the very people they're supposed to regulate capture the regulatory agencies. Rent seekers take advantage of regulatory capture to protect their interests against the new innovators. For revenue streams, figure out who's going to pay. Is it the end user? An insurer? Some other third party? If it's the government, hang on to your seat because you now have to deal with government procurement and or reimbursement. These players need a value proposition canvas as well. For customer relationships, figuring out how to get, keep, and grow customers in a regulated market is a lot more complex than simply, let's buy some Google AdWords. Market entry in a regulated market often has many more moving parts and is much costlier than a traditional market, requiring lobbyists, key opinion leaders, political donations, advocacy groups, and grassroots and grass tops campaigns, etc. Start diagramming out the relationships of all the customer segments. Who influences whom? How do they interact? What laws and regulations are in your way for development and scale? How powerful are each of the players? For the politicians, what are their public positions versus actual votes and performance? Follow the money. If an elected official's major donor is Organization X, you're not going to be able to convince them with a cogent argument. The book Regulatory Hacking calls this diagram the power map. An example would be a diagram of the multiple beneficiaries and stakeholders that a software company developing math software for middle school students has to navigate. Your diagram may be more complex. There is no possible way you can draw this on day one of your startup. You'll discover these players as you get out of the building and start filling out your value proposition canvases. Next, draw a competitive pedal diagram of competitors and adjacent market players. Who's already serving the users you're targeting? Who are the companies you're disrupting? I've always thought of my startup as the center of the universe, so put your company in the center. Let's suppose we have a startup creating a new category, a lifelong learning network for entrepreneurs. To indicate where their customers for this new market would come from, we would draw the five adjacent market segments that we believe our future customers are in today. Corporate, higher education, startup ecosystem, institutions, and adult learning. To illustrate this, we would draw these adjacent markets as a cloud surrounding those companies. Unlike the traditional XY graph, you can draw as many adjacent market segments as you like. Then you fill in the market spaces with the names of the companies that are representative players in each of the adjacent markets. Finally, draw your strategy diagram. How will you build a repeatable and scalable sales process? What regulatory issues need to be solved? In what order? What is step one? Then step two. For example, beg for forgiveness or ask for permission. How do you get regulators who don't see a need to change to move? And do so in your lifetime. 
how do you get your early customers to advocate on your behalf? Both the fixer and regulatory hacking give great examples of regulatory pitfalls, problems, and suggested solutions. If you read Tusk's book, The Fixer, you come away with the view that the political process in the U.S. follows the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. It is a personal tale of someone who was deep inside politics. Dusk was deputy governor of Illinois, Mike Bloomberg's campaign manager, Senator Charles Schumer's communication director, and ran Uber's first successful campaign to get regulatory approval in New York. And he is as cynical about politicians as one can get. On the other hand, regulatory hacking is written by someone who understands Washington, but still needs to work there. Read both books. Lessons learned. Regulated markets have different rules and players than traditional business-to-business -business or business-to-consumer markets. Entering a regulated market should be a strategy, not a disconnected set of tactics. You need to understand the laws and regulations on the federal, state, and local levels. You and your board need to be in sync about the costs and risks of entering these markets. And strategic choices include asking for permission versus forgiveness and public versus private battles. And most early-stage startups don't have the regulatory domain expertise in-house. Go get outside advice at each step. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We would like to hear from you, so please send your thoughts to comments at clearshore.us or visit us at clearshore.us. If you would like this show delivered to you automatically, you can subscribe to the Clearshore Podcasts on iTunes. Wishing you all the best until next time.